Hello and welcome to your favorite comics channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. My name is Ed Piscor. Before we dive into today's very special issue, I want to remind everybody of Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July. This is the second year in a row that we are doing this. We ask our audience, the last Saturday in July, take some of your best comics, your doubles, your comps if you're a creator, and put them in your little local lending library. We did this last year. We invited all of our audience to do the same. They shared pictures. Ed, there must have been a thousand pictures that came into social media of those little lending libraries with comics sticking through that window. I want to see twice that many this year, maybe 10 times that many. But uh, we know people go to those little local lending libraries that like to read. Let's give them some comics to read this year. So the last Saturday in July, join us and let's try to grow some new comic book readers. We also invite everybody to join us on Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. We have three different levels there that will give you access to our videos early. And at the King Kayfaber level, you get all the videos first and you get to sit in on the recording session. Besides having a good conversation, it's also a way to get these books. Sometimes we look at rare stuff. Uh, things that aren't that easy to find, you'll be the first one tracking down those copies for your collection. So it'll pay for yourself uh, with one good book purchase. So uh, check out our, our Patreon and see what level suits you. So today's video, Marvel Fanfare 40, David Mazzucchelli's swan song to the big two. Uh, for my money, as good of a superhero artist as there is, we know him from Batman Year One and from Daredevil Born Again, a phenomenal artist who we are lucky did superhero comics for a while, really showed off his ability at storytelling and figure drawing, had a uh, good collaborator with Frank Miller, but at this point he's kind of outgrowing this genre, and so this is going to be the last, uh, the sign-off of the work for hire in the superhero genre. This bridges the gap yes. between his superhero career and Rubber Blanket slash Asterios Polyp slash instructor, mentor at School of Visual Arts, yeah, and David Mazzucchelli, like, you see it on the cover with, I have to, I have to assume that maybe Richmond Lewis, or like, he has some hand in this color. It's very unusual color. And for a Marvel cover. This extremely bold brush, you do not see that in Marvel Comics. No, you don't. And, and you know, some of that color that you see is almost like painting. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this is, if this is a blue line method sure that they're is. reproducing so, from. Yeah, of course. But you even see, like, the, the gradient is hand-painted. Yeah. You know, like, we're used to that digital gradient where it's really easy to go from red to purple. But if you look closer, you can actually see that gradient being kind of applied by a couple of, uh, couple of different color choices. So there's about four colors in that background. Reads like a gradient. I'm looking at it on the monitor, he, and it uh, looks like a gradient to me. Yeah, he, like unassailable figure artist mm -hmm. he could do that but he's also pushing it more towards the abstract with his inking choices and things yeah you can see almost like vibrating with like i gotta get the rubber blanket <laughs> right. i got stuff i want to do it doesn't fit within this this genre you know i'm, I'm itching I've, I've outgrown this genre i'm so curious how this works because uh marvel fanfare was created to use some inventory but we're 40 issues in and this is not like this is not um you know daredevil jobber uh david mazzucchelli who's very ornate and all that kind of stuff this ain't even born again so like i just don't feel like this is sitting in an inventory pile it feels um state of the art as far as mazzucchelli's mindset and where his art style goes like it's rubber blanket style, basically. Uh, 
So this is 1988. This is uh -huh. his swan song, but this is an idea of what else 1988 comics look like. This is even, I believe, the same month, October 1988. Wow. Rob Liefeld showing up at DC Comics, McFarlane showing up on Spider-Man, and David Mazzucchelli's bowing out of Marvel and DC. Pretty good year. I mean, that's a lot of uh, some some big movers and shakers there. Crazy to think because because like the style like we when we see the rubber blanket is in the '90s. It's years later. You know what, man? That man, you're one pay some bills. Yes, for it years does. And years yeah, and I think years it does. Years. They start collecting that thing, and uh, <laughs> he realizes maybe he can do whatever work he wants to do. Um, Anderseni is his writer, and they're just listed as by Anderseni and David Mazzucchelli, so he may have some input on story and stuff. I mention it because Anna Senti, longtime editor and, of course, Daredevil writer, I like her writing a lot. And I wonder if that's a situation of, like, he was looking at some of her work yeah. and thinking, like, okay, She's she had a different, a different voice. Yeah. And so who knows how that comes about? She was, as an editor, probably trying to get Master Kelly, hey, come back. We'll do whatever story you want to do. And th that's how it reads. a story with her. That's how it reads because, I mean, this is a biblical story. This is a story of a falling angel. It just so happens that there is a Marvel character called Angel, but this has nothing to do with Marvel Comics anything. Look, that is a rubber blanket fucking composition, dude. It is. And you know what else it is? Stray Bullets composition. It is. I feel like David Lapham has read this issue. Totally. Um, yeah, this is barely a superhero story in a lot of ways, but as you say, the rubber blanket stuff, it's definitely there. The way he builds that lady. Oh, the character design for sure. Even the setting, it just all feels weirdly not Marvel Comics. You know what's part of the, uh, the David Lapham part of it? is using brush for background stuff, which you never saw anybody do in like the job realm. It's always straight, straight edges, tech pens, and maybe a dip pen or something. But those guys will use a brush on things. You know, this is a brush line, very lively. Bruce Tim will do that. Bruce Tim uses this exact kind of like looking down at the uh, ceiling fan composition in his Batman black and white story. It could almost be Harvey Kurtzman with the, the, this fan Dude. in the foreground with the gigantic thick brush lines. First thing that came to mind looking at this guy is is a Harvey Kurtzman inking sensibility. It's really interesting to see Mazzucchelli like kind of at the top of his Marvel DC game at this issue and just like the tools that he has at his disposal using these silhouettes, uh, just, just all of it. It feels like just really masterful cartooning, like some of the stuff that kind of reads as a quick drawing but reads super fast. You look, it's not blue line, it's gray line that's the color because you could see it off register right there. This was a magical comic for me. I discovered it at a Heroes Con that we went to. Had no idea this existed. Really? Uh, one of the early Heroes Cons that we did, there were two issues of Marvel fanfare in a row that I scooped up. This one and a Dave Gibbons Doctor Strange. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Those are those are great pools. But she's a uh, very religious yeah. and her grandson's not interested. Actually lifts her change purse and heads out to... Uh, who knows what, buy candy bars or something. It's a something. trope, you know, like that, the little boy in uh, the Ninja Turtles movie, you know, stole from April O'Neil. And it's that, it's that like crown royal velvet uh, <laughs> change purse with the little clasp thing that like everybody's grandma had. Oh my God, this artwork. It, it's so atypical. I love it. I want it in black and white so bad. It's really built to work so great in black and white. The color, nope, no problem, really. It's just, it's just I want to indulge in that line art. It makes me wonder if this is done super fast. We know his working method is often to produce drafts. 
Yeah. And uh, and it makes me wonder, like, was he going straight to ink on this? Or is this something that's built up and then that final drawing layer is put on relatively I, quickly? I, I think it's that because because uh, it, it reeks of Kurtzman. Kurtzman is a draft guy. And I think th- these are such considered compositions. Some of the layouts even Kurt. Uh, Kurtzman. It asked, is if you, know, you, if you like, go uh, nine panel grids and stuff. If you go back one, like the exact like this beat is a Kurtzman beat. This beat is a Kurtzman beat. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three levels of access to our videos early, and at the King Kayfaber level, you actually get access to all of our videos early and the recording session. So you will be the first in line to beat the Kayfabe effect. When you see a book that you want to add to your collection, you'll get it before uh, the Kayfabe effect sends it through the roof or makes it hard to find. These videos are also brought to you by the books that we make. You see our bibliography in front of you. We've got some new books on their way or recent additions to our publications. So Street Angel, Princess of Poverty will be out later this year from Image Comics. This collects all my Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadly Squirrel Live, which is also available from Image. You can see Hulk Grand Design and the Plain Janes as well. And my latest comic, True Crime Funny, is available directly from my website or on my Patreon. Ed's got some big books coming out later this year, starting with the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. Notice that beautiful gold foil cover. This is going to collect all of the Hip Hop Family Tree comics, as well as 140 extra pages, and will be out this fall in time for the holiday season. But it has been sent to print, so you're going to want to reserve your copy ASAP to make sure that you get one this holiday season for you or the hip hop fan in your life. X-Men Grand Design is being collected. All three of the X-Men Grand Design volumes in one easy to read copy so pick that one up again pre-order it now it'll be ready for christmas this year and red room crypto killers the third season of red room first two issues have been released already there are two more coming soon and there are two trade paperbacks collecting the first two volumes these are all self-contained so whatever red room you find that's the perfect place to start reading and now back to our video adventurous composition like, why does that matter at all? Why it'll play? Because, like, you know, it's a subject right there. But it's like, you know, leaving set one to go to set B. Yeah, and hard to not recognize, like, religious motifs coming throughout this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Innocentes, because she's, she's at a different level. You know, like, as, as far as, like, that kind of comics go, she's, she's she might have been a top, the top uh, uh, Marvel writer after when Frank Miller left. Wild two pages here like from drawing to coloring and it makes me wonder does he have some input on the colorist i and he absolutely must and uh, dude this is this is a fucking this is an indie comic they got an indie comic into marvel dude i love this too is she's like looking in the mirror at the uh the road map of wrinkles on her face and you know and remembering her younger days and this car is beautifully drawn yeah yeah, all of it. Like the the um, this is a well referenced garage. Yeah, in an old school garage. The crash feels like that panel could be in a rubber blanket issue. All of this stuff. I mean, this this is the palette for Asterios Polyp. Yeah, it's really really CMY, great. You know, it's also a classic. Like you'll see this kind of montage in superhero comics. You just won't see it with an old woman as your main focal point. You yeah. know, it'll be some some Spider Man and villains. So we get this window right in the back of the garage, a little setup here. Almost goes from the TV blue to the window where it's like, okay, it's all supernatural. It's all something fantastic. And then in the rearview mirror, what is that falling out of the sky past the window? Yeah, and very important plot point is that she's a a shut-in, basically. She ain't going nowhere. 
she doesn't leave and like she looks at the car it, it, it it's got very few miles on it f since uh her old man died or whatever yeah and i think just having an aged protagonist is an unusual choice in a comic absolutely. that's something i would give probably anna senti some credit for absolutely and look at the great color to go from these blues and purples and cool colors to suddenly we've got an angel that just fell from heaven outside how do we show that visually it's a beautiful story this is not a marvel comic no i can't believe how thick this brush line is it's wild times. stuff it, and you know that that specifically is to denote like you, they did that on the apple like she is in the immediate foreground yeah definitely all the feathers falling probably one of the uh superhero-esque indulgences is like so much is shown there but why not it all works and what are we going to do with this good-looking angel that has fallen here? Gather up those feathers. Needs mm -hmm. them. Needs those feathers. She does a little grand larceny, though. She does. She's got to take one. Puts that right in the pocket where her change purse had been. These faces, like the close-ups, wild cartooning. I'm getting more into the, the Kurtzman there. It's, it's, it's rubber characters, you know, with like curves to the arms and things. And it's that thick line with thins on the inside. Funny she's drawing this picture too as like a subplot of this story and adding pieces as she goes along. Yeah. Kind of neat that this is not your standard equal three tiers. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it's I, a bigger it, top tier. Yeah. The, Pretty unusual for that. Makes sense for the moment. Mm -hmm. You make sense for that moment, certainly. Drawing all the little details on your wallpaper. I love that shit, dude. Like, like Barry Windsor Smith in that monster book, like drawing all these like perfectly uh, ruled out kind of like perfectly spaced patterns and things and doing it by hand with no kayfabe in. And it's such a bizarre, like there's a bird that got into her house. She's chasing that out. Yeah. And again, not your superhero, uh, standard superhero spread right here. And and he really plays up the biblical, like, like that is, you know, that is an angel from heaven. Yeah, otherworldly. And you just see it so much in that style of face. The only thing, see, they even give them these tattered gimmicks, you know? Like, the only thing that makes him a Marvel comic is to be wearing anything at all. Like, like uh, you know, he if, if he did it on his own, it might be like some sort of t tunic or, or, or just nothing. You know, because I think they're supposed to be sexless. I think that's part of uh, the lore. Depends who, what conspiracy you listen to, Ed. I see. <laughs> some of them breed with humans. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How do you think our species got started? Fair. <laughs> um, before he goes, got to give him something. Got to eat something. You know, this is such a typical uh, characterization of, of that grandmother character. Yeah. Got to feed. Got to feed. The, look at him. He's starving to death. Yeah. And he takes that apple that we saw in the beginning and gives her a kiss. It's a kiss by an angel. And uh, off he flies. And out she goes. Yeah. Puts on the, her specs, man. Looking fly as hell. Dapper as shit. Putting on her little mothball smelling coat inspired by this this encounter with heaven she's gonna take that car back out on the road after not leaving for a long time not sure what happens after this panel There's, i'm not sure it's good it's good this is a good place to end there, the story uh, there, there was an old commercial man i'll never forget where it's this like super old couple probably a video game commercial to tell you how fast sonic is but it's this old couple and the car is like barely lurching and uh she's like you're driving like a bat out of Hades. <laughs> I just remember that one part. And it's just like... 
Yeah, well, that's about the speed I think I'd be comfortable with her traveling. When I, when I was living in a homestead, man, we had an adjoining house with Miss Ivy, and she would never drove, but she would run her car a couple every three days or something. She'd just get in her car, just run it, and then go, go back in the house. Never, never once took it away. Never once drove off. So that's the end. That's the end of Mazzucchelli. Yeah. You know, it's the short story. It's funny to read this and think of like the grandmother as uh, Mazzucchelli leaving. And this angel was like, maybe bat year, Batman year one <laughs> royalties. Totally. <laughs> but like she is now free to go off and uh, Bless maybe explore the world with a, through, through a different vision. It's no longer that monthly deadline. It's no longer how do you make money in this industry. It is... What do you want to do? Yeah. If you can go see the world, if you can make whatever comics you want to make, what do you want to do? Yeah. Mazzucchelli, man, what an inspiration. Sure. You know, like, I, I just get so much from his comics, both Marvel and DC, and the indie stuff that he does on his own after he leaves there. And I feel like this story is a great gateway between those That's two it. phases. The bridge, man. And it is one of those kind of secret comics. I can't yeah. remember how I found out about it, but it was it was later. You know, it was after I had read a lot of Mazzucchelli, including Rubber Blankets and stuff, and then somehow found out he had this one strange story. Did 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 I hip you to it? Or did you, you might have, have. it? Because because like I, I I when when I got that comic at Heroes, like it was a big deal. Like like I I know Tom never saw it before, and I think it, I think it was a big deal that we were sharing. Like, dude, did you ever see? This Mazzucchelli comic. It's so funny. I should have dug it out, but I have like that Masters of Kung Fu fill-in issue that I think is like his first issue. Yeah. It'd be amazing to see like this is the beginning and end of Mazzucchelli's Marvel DC run. Yeah. Between those two issues. Because it's so masterful at this point, and it's it's wild to think of how much Kurtzman is visible in this story at this stage in his career where he's like adding significant cartoonists to his influences, but also cartoonists that in some ways don't fit Marvel DC superheroes. Yeah, totally, man. Uh, and, and the influence, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Lapham. Uh, I think Darwin Cook goes this direction, you know, with this kind of inking and stuff like that. Like, like Cook, Cook is like a mixture of this and Bruce Timm. I think there's an entire school that comes out of Batman Year One. Like there's a whole class of cartoonists that work in that yeah. in that style. And to me, that is the continuation of Toth. Right. You know, like to me, so much of Toth comes through Batman Year One and sure. Kelly. So it's neat to see his different influences. You totally. know, like he's done his homework. Yeah. Cool book. Marvel Super Fanfare has quite a few of these issues. If you see an issue, scoop it up. You know, like the Ken Stacy Iron Man joints. Uh, Michael Golden. All the Michael throughout. Golden stuff is fantastic. Uh, Good reproductions in these. You know, it's better paper and stuff, so you do show off some of the artists. Yeah, yeah. There might be a Charles Vesser too. Like it's it's a it's a lot of wild stuff, but you can, you can do much worse than grab a dollar copy of any issue of Marvel Fanfare. Definitely, and it's one of those ones that like you see the price tag dollar ninety five. I never saw these until I started frequenting frequenting comic book shops. I, think, I don't I th know if it was ever sold on. No, it's 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 direct market for sure because it's a higher production value you know like the glossy paper like it made me think that it, this was way later but like yeah this is just a way higher production values and stuff and and uh i was listening to a jim shooter interview about gi joe of all things but but he was getting into just the marvel stuff and they had two markets at this point they had two markets new mutants was a was a um newsstand book and when sinkevich was on there the fucking numbers plummeted on the newsstand but in the direct market so high so he rec they recognized newsstands are little kids and fair weather people it turns out that the direct market people have good taste older 
yeah and we'll prop stuff up like like that so uh, this is one for the comic fan people. You know what? That makes me wonder because there's the story of Shooter offering Sienkiewicz X-Men. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard him talk about it? Shooter no. talk about it? No. I'd be very curious what he's thinking within that idea of like, didn't sell well on the newsstand, but sold well in the direct market. Like, you know, it's almost him pivoting to that direct market, recognizing it. And I mean, look, that pivot's 1986. So Shooter, you know, doing his homework probably. He's thinking true. that way. Good to go. I am. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July is coming, and it is going to be the last Saturday in July. Uh, we are going to the free little lending libraries in our neighborhoods, and we are stocking those full of comics so that people can wander by, see something cool in that glass facade, and maybe read comics for the first time. Uh, this is an effort we, that we put together last year. More than a thousand people participated last year. And I'd like to exponentially grow those number, numbers this year. So uh, join us, Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July to uh, participate in that event. The Patreon is out there for Cartoonist Kayfabe and that supports the channel directly by keeping the lights on in the studio, keeping these videos coming to you on a daily basis. Uh, the King Kayfabers on our Patreon are hanging out with us in the chat room right now as we live stream record this. And uh, the kayfabe effect is mitigated with the King Kayfabers because a comic like this Marvel Fanfare, you have to imagine that there might be tens of those up on eBay right now. They all might be gone now because the cartoonist kayfabe guys uh, got hold of them first. And if you find one, it might be a little bit more expensive. So become a King Kayfaber. Become a King Kayfaber. Pays for itself with the first uh, valuable comic that you want to get your hands on. But ultimately, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. This year, man, uh, the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you. 504 pages of comics content. This collects the four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree that are out there, but it's a 10 year anniversary. And uh, in kind, we got to add 140 pages of art and others extras that uh, are not in those four volumes. Lots of art drawn specifically for this edition. Uh, this is not the only holiday effort that I'm putting out in the universe this year. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy trade paperback is coming sooner than later. Uh, it is going to collect all of my X-Men Grand Design work. Some of that stuff is out of print, so scoop it up. comic I'm working on these days, though, is Red Room Crypto Killers. Two trade paperbacks of that out there in the wild right this minute. Uh, we are working on the final season uh, called Crypto Killers. Each story is completely self-contained, so grab any random issue and uh, you'll get a complete story. I encourage everybody to grab the third issue of Crypto Killers because uh, that is going to be the introduction of the characters of my daily strip in some prototypical fashion. So that'll be a hot key in the Ed Piscor bibliography over time. Jimmy, what books do you got going on? My next release from Image Comics, Street Angel, Princess of Poverty will be coming out later this year. You can pre-order that one now. It collects all of my Street Angel comics that are not in Deadly Squirrel Live. Image just released a new edition of Deadly Squirrel Live, so pick that one up if you haven't already, and you will have all of the Street Angel comics between those two books. You can also pick up Hulk Grand Design and The Plain Janes, and my latest self-published comic, True Crime Funny, is available through my website or on my Patreon, patreon.com slash jimrug. We have King Kayfabers in the chat room right now saying that they are mitigating the Kayfaber <laughs> effect as, they, as we speak, man. 
Uh, this is not the only way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel, though. Uh, Jimmy, let the people know the other ways. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop, including our latest design featuring the wrestling mask Cartoonist Kayfabe design. That's been selling well, so thank you all for that. All good ways to support the channel. Give them those marching orders, and we'll be on our way. Read more comics.